Hello, I'm Craig Constantine. I'm here today with Jewel Cachera. And uh, today we wanted to talk a little bit about creating space. Um, or how did, how did you put that? The Protecting the safety of our guests. Yeah. And, and it's right up against um, like the moral responsibility or the ethical responsibility that we as, you know, the, the global royal we uh, have as hosts or interviewers. So, um, you and I talked a little bit beforehand and we exchanged a couple of messages. So I'm just wondering if you can tell me a little bit about, you, you mentioned you had a bit of an aha moment where you sort of found your guiding touch point or guiding star for how you think about this now. So can you tell me about that? Sure. And the like most aha moments, it comes after a problem, right? You're like, <laughs> uh-oh, now what? <laughs> so the aha was I was interviewing somebody and during the conversation, I was thinking, I don't know if I should be asking these, like it was starting to feel too personal, mm. but I didn't have a good sense of any guidelines for myself. And then in the edit, I ended up cutting out about a good 10 minutes of it because it just felt too raw. And then I, f I finished the edit because, you know, you got to get to post and <laughs> I'm still learning and right. I'm behind. But then I went online and said, I got to figure out, is there any guidance around this? And I came across an interview. It was part of a workshop that was done for not-for-profit organizations. It wasn't done for podcasters, but there are lessons fit for podcasters really well because they were talking about ethical storytelling. And mm -hmm. the two interview or the, the two people talking one was a former interviewer with or host with NPR, and the other one was formerly with the BBC. So they got mm -hmm. cred. Right. And they, I don't remember if they specifically called out these two points or they were the two that I took away. And I'll put this link in our, in the episode, Craig. But the two things that I took away from it were, one, make sure the guest has agency in the conversation. And two, do not engage in trauma porn. And they use the term trauma porn, which is something not-for-profits do to raise funds as they kind of right. you know, parade the person who's been helped by the organization and they tell the gory details of their story. And it's it's more exploitative than helpful. Hmm. Um, you, the person that you had interviewed and then you felt some trepidation when you went to do the edit, did you know them in advance? Like, do you think this problem is... I feel like it would be made better if you know the person that you're talking to, but I'm actually wondering if maybe in reality it might be worse when I know the person because I can I can actually manipulate them like in a bad way because I have a more subtle understanding of the situation. I'm just wondering if you've had any chance to reflect on how does this what's called a responsibility? How does this responsibility play out? For, you know, what we'll call a cold guest versus a guest that you know really well. That's a really great question, and I've had it play out in both instances with mm. guests, because the, the guest it happened with was someone I was acquainted with but didn't really know well. And frequently on my podcast, I don't know what the person's going to talk about, even if I've known the person for 10 years. They can mm. still surprise me. So what I'm asking myself, is it is it cold guest versus warm guest or guest where I know the story versus warm guest where I know the story versus I don't know the story. story. I'm still thinking about that, but it's happened a number of times. And so I have guardrails now that have helped me both in the conversation and in the edit. Hmm. So well, now that begs the question, <laughs> what are these guardrails? <laughs> <laughs> what are the guardrails? <laughs> My guardrails, it's just a motto, which is 
Vulnerability is okay. Nakedness is not. <laughs> That's a good guardrail. <laughs> Vulnerability is okay. Nakedness is not. And I do recognize that it's subjective. Do I feel that the guest is naked? And I could be off or not. But because of the nature of my podcast, I, when I've edited the episode, I send it to the guest for their approval. And I tell them, anything you don't want mm. in there, I'll, I'll cut out. And uh, so far, nobody's ever asked me to cut anything out. Mm. But I can. one of my favorite examples that I think really helps support the value of having a motto was when I was talking to somebody and then in the edit, they had done a they had worked hard to control whether or not they cried. And, you know, just, I don't right. try to make people cry. Sometimes it just happens. <laughs> and this person did not want to cry. And But they had said something very difficult that I didn't notice in the conversation. But in the edit, I heard they made a sound. And it was like a combination of a gasp or a sob. It was just there was so much aching pain in that one half second sound that mm. I cut it out. And I feel that that was the right thing to do because to me, that was naked. That was beyond vulnerable. That's an interesting uh, point or an interesting thing for you to bring up that, you know, we started by saying you and I, the hypothesis here is that we have a responsibility to create the space uh, and to protect the guest. And one of the first things I think of is like, well, wait, well, how did I get stuck with this responsibility? And one obvious place is I chose to press record and point mics at people. But another place that that I'm thinking this comes from is we're wielding the magical power, whether or not we involve them later, we're still wielding this power of the editorial, the choice of what's in and what's out. And a lot of times I know I've always thought of that editorial as, well, yeah, I'm, I'm the artist. I mean, you know, with great responsibility, blah, blah, blah. But mm -hmm. I've, I've never really thought before about, yeah, that, okay, I, I'm only going to use it for good, but still, even if I'm only using it for good, it's a very powerful scalpel is not quite the right metaphor, but it's a very powerful tool. And I think the point you're making about yeah, it's one thing to like know what you're doing, to have thought about the the meta of your trade. And it's another thing to go into the interview with the right mindset and, okay, I have my guardrails, I have my way I do things, and here's what I'm trying to get. I want this, not that, you know, vulnerable, not naked. And then it's another to think about that in post. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I haven't, uh, I've only had uh yeah too many conversations to enumerate but only in a small number of times have has the conversation gone somewhere where i'm like whoa this is uh vulnerable or very personal most of the times it's i don't wind up in those spaces just not because i don't go there but it just doesn't seem to go there um and i hadn't really considered well you know i could have cut out that really I don't want to say awkward, but I could have maybe cut down the emotional and I could have dialed it from 10 down to nine by just a couple little simple snips. Um, so I think that's a really astute observation to make on your part. Thank you. You're welcome. It happened because I was a guest on an interview on a podcast and I was telling the story of when my husband passed. And I can tell that story pretty easily without crying. It's been a long time. But the host was asking some questions that were really digging. And at one point, I wanted water. And even though 
I had some right by my side. <laughs> I said, I, I want to go get some water because essentially I just wanted some space from the conversations. I walked away, got some water, came back or got a glass of water, came back and said, hang on, drank the water with my headset on. Mm. And the decision was made to leave that in the recording of, you know, the me gulping water. And I, that's an instance where, and I did reach out to the person and we just had a different perspective on whether that was beyond vulnerable. Um, and so that's what's made me maybe extra careful about it because mm. the nature of my podcast is kind of touchy, kind of vulnerable. But I do like your perspective that it's in post. I mean, we're interviewing our guest and they're telling our story. But when it goes through our hands in post, we're telling the story. Yeah. And as, as much as I, my, my shtick is not like powering my podcast with storytelling per se, I'm not trying to actually create an arc. I certainly don't create one in post-production, um, but it's two or three or four, you know, it's some number of humans talking. We're telling stories. That's how, that's how humans communicate. So yeah. it does wind up being storytelling and even the slightest, um, you know, I'm just thinking, uh, sometimes people, I, I cheat. We don't do the, the actual final editing in house. We, we use outside services yeah. and, but we, we do review very carefully what they send back because sometimes mm -hmm. we have, you know, cut this or cut that or whatever. Um, I can't recall ever rearranging anything that's ever been said other than to like take a poll highlight out to the front, you know, as a cold open kind of thing. Um, but I was, I was just thinking if I haven't lost my train of thought, um, Oh, the, I was going to say the, even the slightest changes in post-production make a big difference. So sometimes they, they send them back and it's like, it's, it's tight. Like all the space is gone, you know? Yeah. And it's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, what happened to this? Like the whole tone feels different. So there's, mm -hmm. even if you don't go in and decide this 10, you know, one doesn't go in and say this 10 minutes is too personal to protect the, you know, mm -hmm. to be honest as the host, I'm going to take that out. Even if you're just making small things, if you remove, uh, just go in and take all the ums, ahs and breaths out on your side and leave them all in on their side. Well, now yeah. that, I mean, that's a whole different, that's not what we've recorded. Yeah. Um, and just think com and comparatively how much better you will sound than they will sound simply because <laughs> you did that. Right. Um, I, I really, um, I'm super passionate about um, and I'm just like, I, I'm not a big fan of the word passionate because I use the daylights out of it, but I'm, I'm super passionate about conversation as like a method for uh, improving myself. Like I, I think conversing with other people, especially when I have no clue what we're going to be talking about is a really good way to get better at listening and empathizing and all those things. That's true. The studies have shown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And what, uh, what is it? The, and that's the mirror neurons, I think it is, is there's a whole physiological part of us. Mm -hmm. uh, but where I was going to go with that is uh, I go to tremendous lengths. Uh, I, I do the Movers Mindset podcast, which is my main project. I do that one in person. Um, and that's, that's like a whole nother level of hurt is to actually go and record in the field. Yeah. And then, but I, I've been in places where I've considered buying a coffee table because I was going to be in a flat, you know, for a week doing interviews. And I'm like, but there's no table in the middle of the room. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to go to Ikea, <laughs> even though it wouldn't cost much. I don't own the place. I had to leave it here. Um, but I, I really think that anything you can do before you press record, um, is, what people think of, like we as podcasters, as hosts, we think I'm going to do my homework. Um, everybody has their style, write questions out. Don't write your novel. I'm going to do my prep work. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to make the guests feel comfortable. And then 
in the very beginning, when you press record, you're as nervous as the guest is. Once you get past that phase, when you press record, I think a lot of podcasters I've seen, they switch from um, this super benefic- uh, beneficent, is that a word? Yeah, Sup- I think so. Beneficent? Sup- you know, we're like, everything I do, I do for you, dear guest, you know, like in an <laughs> honest way, right? Yeah. They switch to like, okay, but now I can't worry about you, like, because I'm, oh my God, I'm podcasting and I can't say so. And, um, and, and it's really tough, I think to, to go across that, you know, the moment of pressing record to get across that moment of, of record and still have the same mindset of, Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking of Google's do no evil, like to make it across record and still 15 minutes in be thinking I'm still 100% all in on safe space. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, making the guests feel welcome, trying to figure out, you know, like, are they sweating profusely? Maybe I need to, you know, conceptually back off or, or maybe physically back off. Maybe I'm talking to somebody who has a different personality. So there's so much there to unpack about, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as one practices. Yeah. When, when I used to think I was focused on pressing record to get the guest past it. So I do it early in our conversation. <laughs> I really think it's as much to get me past it. Mm. It, it isn't, it is a weird moment um, mm-hmm. because uh, for both the host and the guest, <clears throat> you know, everybody is cognizant that nothing before record is ever going to get heard. Like after record, you could get edited out, but before record, nobody hears that. It's like things get real when the little red light comes on. Um, and I try to remind myself of that, uh, you know, having done whatever hundreds, the, I, I don't get nervous anymore when people press record on either side. I'm just like, Hey, whatever. Like if, if I was nervous about this, I shouldn't be here at all kind of thing. Um, but I always try to remember like the very first recording I ever tried to do with somebody that I screwed up. I didn't press record. And 13 minutes in, I went, oh, hey, remember when I said I needed a guinea pig because I was going to screw it up? I screwed it up. So I always try to remember, like, what what is it like to be sitting in the chair, you know, for the first time? Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think everybody that I've ever talked to uh, in, in podcasting circles, all the podcasters I've talked to, they've always been nice human, you know, nice people. They're, really they're in it for the nice right people. reason. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're the podcasters that I know are motivated by something. There's something they want to get out into the world. It mm. can be a topic. It can be, I mean, if you think about the, Greg, you've been involved with every pod, right? Every pod, one, two, three, four. You were uh, no, I didn't. And- I, I was only in, so in the Akimbo courses, I was only, I took three, um, but I had a podcast for, I'd have to do math, like two or three years before that. Mm-hmm. So I took three and then I've been back to help for four, five, six, seven, seven eight. eight. I don't yeah. know what number are we on? <laughs> yeah, you're heading into nine. <laughs> and you think about how many podcasts you've seen come yes. through and they're all so different. Yes. That's what amazes me. Every, so every podcaster has a motivation that's unique and special. And that's, I'm just happy that we're doing this and that it's yes there are costs to it but i love the fact i love how seth godin says the tools of production are are in our hands yes this is like having our own radio show yes you know yeah it doesn't have to cost well you actually you you can actually figure out how to do the hosting basically for free too if you're really motivated but roughly like 15 dollars a month total will get you you know going you can buy used gear um, off ebay it really is low barrier to entry um, but of course, the other side of that is it's um, it's it's very um, I don't know, like it's real. <laughs> like mm-hmm. when you press record, you know, people. I 
I hear people's interviews that I recorded that are like three or four years old. And I'm like, wow, that person is not the same person anymore. Not like the interview was bad or showed bad things, but wow, has that person changed in three years? And, you know, I'm thinking like, you know, I'm gonna, this stuff's, it's pretty permanent. I mean, you can delete it out of your podcast feed, but you know, the internet archive found it and Google found it. And so it is a very, uh, pretty much chiseled in stone as far as anything goes on the internet. It's a really permanent uh, type of performance. And I'm, it never ceases to amaze me that guests will sit and be like, yeah, I'm down for that. I'm like, okay. You know, like right. another person. Here we go. Yeah. yeah. You really so. want to? Yay. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing to me to think that I'll be off the planet, but my voice and the voice of my guests yep. will still be here. Yep. And I, yeah. I love knowing that. I love what Bruce Devereaux is doing with the Creatively Engaging yes. podcast. He's capturing voices that are so close to disappearing. Hmm. They don't have a lot of time and he's capturing them. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting, yeah. Um, what else springs to mind? I would say that I've, I've talked about what I wanted to talk about, so I'm happy to close if you want. As long as the message that I would want people to take away from this is, as the host, you have a responsibility, not just to your audience, but to your guest. And that, that responsibility resides within the context of the conversation and afterward. And just be ethical. If you, Especially if you have conversations that tend to go into vulnerable areas, make sure you have a guardrail for yourself that will help guide you when you're in the conversation or in the edit. That's a terrific observation, a terrific piece of advice, and I think a terrific place to stop. I think so um, too, Craig. Cool. Thank All you right. very much, Jewel. It's a pleasure. I don't think we've had a chance to talk while recording previously. I know we've talked before, but it's fun to get a chance to actually create something together. Yeah, um, we've been on webinars together, you know, Zoom calls together, but yeah, this is fun. Thanks. Is, we made it. <laughs> <laughs> and now we'll just press stop. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Jewel. Bye. Bye, Craig. <laughs>